It's November 1st, 2018. This is Acacia Thompson for Brooklyn Public Library's Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories. I'm here today on Flatbush Avenue with environmental activist Mike Shade. I'm the director of the Mind the Sword campaign for Safer Chemicals, Healthier Families, and he was also on the board of Neighbors Allied for Good Growth and the steering committee for the Newtown Creek Superfund Site Advisory Committee. That's a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the work that you've done in Greenpoint mm -hmm. to advocate for the community and help people deal with the legacy of the industrialized pollution. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about New Heart, which is on the corner of Clay and Franklin uh, Street, no, Franklin Avenue in, um, in Greenpoint. So what are the current current issues and the um, implications for the community? Uh, yeah, so, you know, Greenpoint, as you know, historically was a heavily industrialized area. There were a lot of uh, refineries, chemical plants, uh, waste facilities. And so New Heart was an old uh, vinyl plastics plant that made products like vinyl siding, uh, there were plastics, there was a plastics facility there for decades. And um, the plant closed in the early to mid 2000s, I think around 2003 or 2004. And uh, uh, the facility has left behind the wake of industrial pollution. Uh, there's uh, about 60,000 gallons of toxic phthalates that uh, are underneath the facility in the soil and groundwater uh, that have uh, uh, migrated off-site towards a park and proposed school. Uh, these are phthalates or chemicals that are uh, particularly hazardous to children's health. Uh, they're so toxic that they've been banned in kids' toys, uh, yet they're found in the uh, Greenpoint environment migrating, uh, they've migrated towards the park and proposed school. Uh, other chemicals of concern there include uh, trichloroethylene, which is a chlorinated solvent, uh, which has been linked to cancer and certain reproductive problems. Uh, that chemical has also migrated off-site uh, towards the uh, northern side of the street, and that, uh, there's, that plume is particularly of concern because TCE is particularly uh, volatile, so it can easily evaporate. And there's concern that the buildings that are directly across the street from the facility uh, uh, may have this chemical trichloroethylene uh, migrating, evaporating out of the groundwater and the soil gas and getting into the buildings, the buildings over there. So uh, this site is one of the most contaminated sites in New York City and New York State. It's considered a, a state Superfund site. Um, uh, you know, the, the the building itself has been vacant for uh, more than 10 years now. Um, the good news is that there is, uh, because it's in the state Superfund site, the DEC is uh, pushing for a cleanup of the site. And uh, there is a new developer that is in the process of buying the building. And uh, uh, they, are, uh, they and the DEC are proposing to dig up most of the contamination underneath, uh, almost all the contamination underneath the building itself where the vinyl plastics plant was. However, the offsite contamination, the, the phthalate plume and the trichloroethylene, the TCE, uh, the offsite contamination will take um, uh, 
in the case of the phthalates, will likely take many years to clean up. And um, you know, a concern we have is that uh, you know, as this cleanup is is uh, taking place, we want to ensure that there's no accidents, no residents are exposed to the contamination when the cleanup is taking place, uh, and we're particularly concerned that there is. Uh, uh, the city, working with another developer, has proposed to build a school uh, directly adjacent to the New Hart site, uh, uh, right next to this plume of 60,000 gallons of toxic phthalates. And so uh, we don't think that this is the smartest decision. There is plenty of property uh, to be developed and that is being developed in North Brooklyn. And uh, we, we have been advocating for city and developers to work together to find a safer school site. Uh, we don't think it's necessarily appropriate to build a school next to and across the street from uh, a toxic waste site in Greenpoint. We think that our children and uh, the community uh, deserves better. So that's a you know, high-level summary of some of the issues. When, when the Newhart plant was around, a lot of neighbors had uh, concerns around air emissions and odors from the facility. Uh, there are some neighbors that believe that uh, their family's health problems may be attributable to uh, exposure to chemicals when the plant was operating. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it's, the, the facility is left behind a wake of toxic pollution and uh, we've been advocating and pushing the state DEC to clean up the site as comprehensively as possible. And uh, the good news is that the cleanup option uh, recently, the State Department of Environmental Conservation has put out a, uh, a report known as a Proposed Remedial Action Plan, or PRAP. And in that report, uh, they have selected the most comprehensive cleanup option that's being considered. So that's, that's great news. And um, we and our technical consultant that we've hired through a grant that we got from the DC have been... Um, uh, mobilizing and organizing the community to make residents and workers and other stakeholders aware about this site. We've um, helped organize many community meetings over the past few years and um, have really been doing uh, our best to really uh, engage residents in the cleanup process so that um, people understand what's going on, what's not going on, and how they can participate in making their voice heard in the cleanup process. And right now there's an open 60-day public comment period. We've been um, putting out fact sheets and making information available to make it easy for residents to understand what's going on. We've put together sample talking points so that folks could submit uh, comments to the DEC. And uh, uh, we were happy to see at the public meeting that the DEC held. Uh, we were able to turn out over 100 residents last month who had an opportunity to learn about the proposed cleanup plan and uh, raise their concerns and make their voice heard uh, on this critical issue. And what kind of influence can the public comment period lay with DEC? What, what can come from that? Yeah, well, the, the, the DEC is required uh, by law under the state Superfund program to uh, seek public input during the public comment process. There was originally a 30-day public comment period. We and Councilmember Levin's office requested an extension. The DEC has extended that by an additional 30 days. And so the DEC needs, needs to consider public input when uh, selecting the final cleanup, the remedy. 
but I think that the community has an opportunity to uh, you know, raise issues that they think need to be addressed as the cleanup moves forward. Uh, and we've raised issues like we need to ensure that when the building is demolished and when they start digging up the contamination that um, off-site impacts are mitigated like noise, odors, uh, volatile air pollution or emissions. Uh, and on that, the DEC is requiring, uh, gonna be requiring a tent to be built um, on top of the site so that odors and uh, possible uh, air pollution is mitigated. Uh, so that's great. Uh, we've also been raising concerns about, you know, when the building is brought down and when the uh, contamination is dug up, you know, there's, you know, gonna be probably dozens if not hundreds of trucks that are gonna need to pull this stuff out. Uh, you know, we need to make sure that the trucks are selecting the most appropriate uh, streets to go down. We need to make sure that they're cleaned up and dewatered so that they're not tracking contamination into the community. And again, one of our big concerns is because this cleanup is gonna take so long, maybe even a decade, we don't exactly know yet how long. Uh, we're not, we don't believe that building a school next to the site when it's being cleaned up uh, is really the best option for uh, the health and well-being of the children and the health and well-being of the community. And you know, from our perspective, even if there is no real health risk, which is you know, maybe possible, uh, even the psychological stress of parents having their kid to go to a school next to a toxic waste site being cleaned up, we think that that stress um, um, you know, could even be worse than the pollution itself. Uh, the worry that a parent may have knowing that they're sending their kid to a school next to a toxic waste site that's being cleaned up. So uh, these are some of the issues that we're planning to raise in our comments. And, um, you know, we were happy to see that the DC has been, uh, I think they've done a really good job of being transparent, if, engaging the community in the cleanup process more so than just about any other site that I've seen in North Brooklyn. And uh, in the months and the years ahead, we'll be doing all that we can to ensure that the community is involved in this process. We, uh, NAG had, has got, or our new name is North Brooklyn Neighbors. We got a grant from uh, the State Department of Environmental Conservation to hire a technical consultant to assist us in um, developing fact sheets, developing talking points, reviewing all the technical reports, and uh, so we'll be working with our technical advisor, his name is Peter Defer, uh, you know, in the year, in the years ahead, uh, to ensure that the community's voice is considered during the cleanup process. Okay, forgive me, I forgot to mention that North Brooklyn Neighbors is now the new name of NAG. No worries, I forget myself sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah. With that, would you feel that with the DEC? community oversight on this project? Um, you know, I think that there, there should be because this is one of the most contaminated sites in North Brooklyn and all of New York City and all of New York State. And, um, you know, there's been a history of, um, you know, some of the previous owners of the site doing a sloppy job. A couple of years ago, uh, the previous owners uh, allowed uh, a giant rave party to be organized literally inside the building uh, and there were, uh, I think, three or 4,000 people that had RSVP'd or bought tickets to a giant party inside this toxic waste site uh, where there were literally, 
you know, there was uh, phthalate contamination inside that could have been disturbed. So, um, you know, when that happened a few years ago, I think that was two or three years ago, uh, we only found out about this a couple of days before the party, and we worked to inform elected officials, the city, the mayor's office, and um, the fire department investigated it, and they found that uh, the organizers of the party had violated some requirements that were in place, and so we got that shut down. So I think that there, there I think that uh, having more community oversight and input is only a good thing. Um, these are very complex issues. The DC is not there every day, and um, you know there's also been incidents where um, uh, workers have. Uh, dug into the streets adjacent to Newhart, uh, adjacent to or above the plume, and workers didn't know that there was a, you know, a toxic waste plume literally underneath the street. And it was because neighbors had alerted us that we were able to ensure that workers were protected and not being exposed to contamination when um, there's any work done. As you know, you know this is an area that's under, undergoing rapid gentrification and transformation. There's all sorts of uh, development in this area. And uh, it's because we've raised so much community awareness about this that when there is digging on the street, uh, you know, we can bring this to the attention of the DEC to ensure that workers may not be exposed to pollutants of concern. And so now the DEC has set up a system so that if there's ever any digging, it's not done in the area where the plume is. Um, or if it is done, it's done in a way that they don't dig uh, as deep as the plume is. I mean, the plume isn't, you know, it's not like if you go six inches or even a foot down, it's about a 10 to 12 feet down. Uh, you'd have to dig pretty deep to hit it. Um, but it was only because of community oversight that we now have a system in place where uh, that sort of problem should not happen again. So, you know, in our view, um, you know, given that this is one of the most polluted sites in all of New York City and all of New York State, uh, you know, the community has a vested interest in ensuring that this cleanup is done in a way that is fully protective of public health and at the same time is done in a way that doesn't negatively impact the community. Um, and we're, you know, we're confident that DEC will do a good job, but we need to ensure that uh, they, we hold the developers' uh, feet to the fire to ensure that this is done uh, in the most comprehensive and health protective manner as possible. Well, let's jump across the street to the creek. Yes. And talk about the Newtown Creek Superfund site advisory committee that you're on. Can you tell yeah. me about the current process, where we are in the remediate, the long remediation? Mm. Uh, so this is another Superfund site in uh, Brooklyn, North Brooklyn. Uh, this site is uh, far more complex. Uh, this is a federal Superfund site. The Newhart one is a state Superfund site. So. The Newhart site is under uh, oversight of the state DEC, Department of Environmental Conservation. Newtown Creek is under the oversight of the federal EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. So this is one of the most, not only the most polluted sites in all of New York City, but uh, New York State, but the entire country. Uh, Newtown Creek is, I think, about two and a half miles long. Uh, historically, Newtown Creek, for uh, for many decades, were, was abutted by chemical plants, refineries, other industrial facilities uh, uh, that left behind, uh, uh, sadly, a poison legacy for this creek. The sediment is heavily contaminated with 
PCBs, heavy metals, and other dangerous substances. Uh, the creek is so contaminated that it's not safe to fish in Newtown Creek. The State Department of Health has issued fish consumption advisories warning folks not to eat the fish out of the creek. Um, and, you know, you can't swim in the creek, you can't fish in the creek. Um, uh, so it's a heavily polluted site. Uh, companies like ExxonMobil historically had refineries adjacent to the creek where oil uh, eventually was uh, leaked into the creek. Uh, there were these um, gas facilities that had uh, sludge and other waste that seeped into the creek. So um, this is a site that will take uh, much longer to clean up because it's much bigger, it's much more complex. You know, New Hart is about the size of a block. Newtown Creek is like two and a half miles long, roughly. It's 2.6 miles long. And, um, you know, because it's a sediment site, cleaning that up is much more complex, um, especially given the fact that Newtown Creek remains an active uh, waterway that it's used by businesses around the city. Uh, in addition to the uh, industrial pollution that is in the sediment, there's also significant concern that the city of New York uh, continues to pollute the creek because whenever it rains, uh, literally raw sewage dumps into the creek through um, the, the sewer pipes that, are, that, that flow into the creek because whenever it rains, the sewers can't handle all of the sewage. So when, when it rains too much, the raw sewage literally flows into the creek. Um, I think billion, millions or billions of pounds on a yearly basis. And that is a problem because it makes it uh, uninhabitable, uninhabitable for fish and other wildlife in some cases. Uh, there's been fish kills in the creek over the years. Um, it leads to uh, depleted oxygen, uh, which has a variety of other, other effects as a result. Um, so there's not only industrial pollution, but there's raw sewage that is flowing into the creek, which can also carry with it, um, you know, because when it rains, you know, think about it, you know, there may be oil in the street that then gets brought into the creek. Uh, household waste, like, you know, pharmaceuticals, cleaning products can flow into the creek. So it's a pretty complex site. So the federal EPA has oversight of this site. There's about, um, I think about 10 to 12 uh, polluters or what they call responsible parties who will eventually have to pay for the cleanup of Newtown Creek. Uh, the EPA has created what they call a uh, community advisory group or a CAG. Uh, and this is a body that I sit on. Sit on. I used to co-chair it for a couple of years. Um, and so uh, the CAG basically serves as a, um, almost like an advisory body to the EPA and to the polluters responsible parties. And we hold regular meetings to keep the public, community workers, both in North Brooklyn and in Queens, uh, up and down the creek informed about what's going on. We hold regular meetings. We, uh, we also have a technical consultant that is providing assistance to us. We just hired a facilitator to help us organize meetings. And, um, you know, we often say that the cleanup around Newtown Creek will be a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, it will literally take decades 
uh, and the cleanup will probably cost, I would guess, at least a billion dollars, maybe more. Um, you know, if you just look at how much it's cost to clean up other polluted sites like uh, Passaic River in New Jersey and the Hudson River in upstate New York, um, sites that have similar scope of contamination to some extent. Uh, so this is a really nasty site. Um, uh, the thing that is kind of interesting about Newtown Creek is that um, we are seeing more and more people come to the creek for recreation. Uh, there's boat clubs that are both on the, uh, the Greenpoint and the Long Island City sides of the creek. More and more people are, uh, you know, canoeing on the creek, kayaking on the creek. Um, there's a park that was set up at the Newtown Creek Wastewater Treatment Plant. Uh, so this is a creek that literally is coming back to life. We've seen more and more fish and wildlife um, coming back to the creek. And so we want to ensure that this creek is cleaned up in a way that is uh, not only good for uh, the people of Brooklyn, the people of Queens, but also fish and wildlife, as well as the industrial businesses that use it. Uh, as, a, as a creek is cleaned up, we need to ensure that uh, it's done so in a way that is not only a win-win for the community, a win-win for fish and wildlife and habitat, but also ensures that the businesses that rely on the creek for transportation can continue to use it. Uh, so it's a really you know, interesting uh, and fascinating site process. It's frankly exhausting. I've been working on Newtown Creek for uh, close to 10 years now. And um, I think that people that live in North Brooklyn, Queens, uh, have a responsibility to educate themselves and get involved in this process because uh, I think that uh, you know the community, communities, and workers, and other stakeholders have a vested interest in ensuring that the cleanup is done in a way that is not only protective of public health but is done in a way that doesn't um, have adverse effects on community and businesses that rely on the creek. Tell me uh, about the maker plume that mm. is the next project. Yeah, so this is another site that I've worked on. I haven't worked on it as much in recent years, but um, I used to live uh, on the eastern end. Yep, I used to live on the eastern end of um, uh, Greenpoint near McGulrick Park for, uh, gosh, about eight years, I believe. And uh, I lived for some of those years on Sutton Street, then on Mahonegar. And uh, less than a year of moving over there, I discovered that my apartment uh, was literally on top of a uh, plume of chemicals, including uh, TCE, trichloroethylene, the same chemical in New Heart. Uh, perk, which is often used in dry cleaning, uh, and some other industrial uh, pollutants, mostly uh, chlorinated solvents. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because, you know, Greenpoint, as we've talked about, has had a history of environmental contamination, uh, you know, from the sewage treatment plant to an incinerator that used to be in Greenpoint to uh, the ExxonMobil oil spill, probably the most notorious of contamination challenges. Um, and as the state was investigating the ExxonMobil oil spill, they started discovering that there was not only petroleum products in the groundwater and the soil underneath the old ExxonMobil refinery that was over there, 
but they started noticing chlorinated solvents like TCE and PERC. And that really surprised them. And as they started investigating that, they discovered uh, some new state Superfund sites that were previously unknown. And the more that they investigated this, the more that they found over the past roughly 10 years. And so Meeker Avenue Plumes refers to a series of Superfund sites uh, on both the north and the south side of Meeker Avenue. Uh, in other words, on both sides of the BQE uh, in Greenpoint and East Williamsburg uh, on the far eastern end of Greenpoint. Uh, starting uh, on um, Kingsland, uh, so literally a block from McElroy Park. Uh, and so there's, I forget now how many, I think there's at least five or six state Superfund sites uh, that have been identified. Uh, I know that one of them was an old dry cleaning facility, uh, uh, spick and span dry cleaners. Another site was called Clean Cosmo. There's a number of others whose names I'm forgetting. Uh, but the issue or big concern with the Meeker Avenue Plum site is because um, I talked a little bit about this around Newhart, uh, some of the pollutants at the Meeker Avenue site are extremely volatile, particularly TCE and PERC. And so uh, these chemicals, uh, and this is not unique to these sites, this happens all across the country, uh, they're so volatile that they can evaporate out of the groundwater and evaporate out of the soil and slowly make their way through the ground and uh, migrate into people's basements uh, through a process called uh, what's called vapor intrusion. Um, most people don't realize this, but you know most people have basements that are made of concrete and the concrete is very porous. And so there may be very tiny cracks or pores in the concrete that these chemicals can kind of make their way into and seep into. And uh, this is an issue, particularly in the winter, because if you think about it, when you heat your house, it almost acts like a vacuum. It creates air pressure that causes a contamination to um, be very slowly sucked into uh, the basement of homes. Uh, and this happens very, very slowly. It doesn't when I say backing, it's not as dramatic as that, but that, you know, it creates kind of a air pressure that causes the contamination to migrate into people's homes. So there are parts of Greenpoint and East Williamsburg above the Meeker Avenue plumes where the DC and Department of Health have identified that these chemicals are migrating into people's homes uh, at levels that um, may be harmful over the long haul, not in the short term, and, you know, if you're, residing there, you're not gonna get sick in the short term, but over decades, uh, this could be a concern. And we know that this contamination has probably been around for decades. Um, so these sites are pretty nasty and they definitely have not gotten as much attention as they should. Um, uh, the good news is that in the, in the parts of the Meeker Avenue plumes where uh, contamination has been worse, uh, the DC and Department of Health has worked with residents to install uh, what they call vapor mitigation systems. So they essentially uh, install these fans in people's basements uh, that uh, essentially air out the basement so that the contamination is not entering one's home at uh, significant levels. Uh, 
and I, I might be getting kind of the technical details wrong here a little bit, but it essentially prevents the contamination from migrating into people's homes at levels that would be harmful. So that's great. And um, not everyone, though, that has lived above the Meeker Avenue plumes have had their homes tested. There have been some landlords that have said, no, I don't want my home tested. You know, it's almost like they want to put their head in their sand, in the sand, they don't want to know, because they're worried about if they discover that their home is above the plume and does have contamination seeping into it, they worry about how that could impact uh, the property value. Um, and I think this is a reason why the Meeker Avenue Plumes has not gotten as much attention as some of the other sites, because uh, there have been a lot of homeowners that have been pretty vocal in not wanting too much attention paid to these sites, uh, particularly on the southern end of Meeker Avenue Plumes, where the contamination is, the vapor intrusion problem is um, most significant. Uh, there's literally a couple of blocks where the DC haven't the DC Department of Health have installed these uh, vapor mitigation systems because the contamination was so high. And, uh, from the homeowners that I've spoken to and interacted with over there, uh, they really have not want to, wanted to draw a lot of attention to these sites. Uh, and again, you know, the more that the DC has investigated the Meeker Avenue plumes, they've discovered new possible sources of contamination, and they're still in the process of trying to identify where does the contamination begin and where does it end? And because of that, uh, they're, still in the, they're still in the early to mid days of the cleanup process. Uh, compared to Newhart, Newhart is moving at a much quicker pace. Uh, but I think over time, in the years ahead, North Brooklyn neighbors were uh, strongly considering, uh, just like we've done at uh, Newhart, applying to state DC uh, technical assistance grants so that we can hire technical consultants to uh, understand what's going on there and help inform the community so that when the proposed cleanup plans come out for these sites that make up the Meeker Avenue plumes, uh, community is more informed in the process. Uh, and if you Google Meeker Avenue plumes, there's lots of information. You'll see some uh, presentations I've given over the years from when I used to live over there. Uh, I haven't lived over there in about two years, but I lived on top of or adjacent to the plumes over there for about eight years. So um, definitely is an issue that I think has not gotten enough attention. And I think a lot of people that have moved over there in recent years literally have no idea that uh, they're living on top of or close to um, a number of state Superfund sites. So hopefully in the years ahead, we can uh, do a better job of informing the community in the neighborhood about the Meeker Avenue Plume site and uh, push the DC uh, to clean up these sites once and for all. Okay, lots of work to do. Yes, yeah. Uh, sadly, given, you know, history of uh, North Brooklyn's uh, legacy of the industry, uh, you know, there's a lot of challenges that remain, but uh, the good news is that there are a lot of groups like ours, North Brooklyn neighbors, that are working to engage the community and push uh, the state and federal agencies to get these toxic waste sites cleaned up once and for all. Okay, well thank you for talking to me and for keeping our community safe. Yeah, thank you. And if folks want to uh, check it out, we have a map on our website called the Toxicity Map that 
has information about where some of these different toxic hotspots are around uh, North Brooklyn. Again, it's called a toxicity map. All right, thank you, Mike. Great, thank you.